Welcome to Par Talk, the show built for new golfers to find the answers they're looking for. I'm your co-host, Will, joined today, as always, with Matt and Michelle. Say hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, we uh, have had a fun couple of weeks. I think the gifting episode was a lot of fun um, mm -hmm. coming out of the holiday season. We got some, I think I, I had a couple of coworkers reach out and say, um, hey, will you help me with my my gifting oh ideas. really yeah you yeah. actually had you people said, reach uh, out nice yeah and here's i said i said yeah i did say here's the episode and also <laughs> yes uh, start yes, here anytime i will help you um yeah but have you guys been thinking about about gifts and gifting uh in the aftermath too or gifts for yourself matt um you know i've been a little busy i'll be honest i haven't started my my gift searching yet um uh, that'll probably come later this week get going on that front I did. Uh, yeah. I re-listened to the episode to hear our ideas again. It was very comprehensive. Good. Lots of great ideas. So go back and <laughs> yeah. if you need to give someone a gift, did I mm -hmm. act on it or buy any gifts? No, admittedly. Mm. Yeah, fair. Well, yeah. let's start our week like we often start our week. Beginner question of the week. Matt, what do you got mm. for us? Um, so I actually don't have a specific beginner question. Um. But I know Michelle has a beginner tip of the week. Is that correct, Michelle? Yeah, I also didn't have a specific beginner question, but you I You guys wanted... must know everything. No, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't think of a good beginner question, but I have a really good beginner tip. Um, and as we are a beginner podcast, I thought I would stress my beginner tip. So my new beginner tip of the week is play games. So I loved when we were in Scotland and we played the scramble easily confused with best ball um, but we also went out to los santaville with some of will's golfing friends chris and matt and or mike, mike sorry Oof. i'm talking to matt chris <laughs> and mike and we played right left with my mm. handicap which made it way more fun for me so if you're truly a beginner right and don't have a handicap like you can totally do scramble or best mm -hmm. ball um probably would have more fun with the scramble which is where you and your teammate play from whoever hit it best but i had a lot of fun with the right left um and you then, want to tell them what right left is yeah yes. I, I have no idea what that is <laughs> so rights and lefts your team so we're you're a group of four and okay. your teammate changes at each hole depending on where you hit off from the tee so the two people who hit more to the left of the tee are on a team, and the two oh. people who hit a bit more to the right of the hole are on a team, and then it's best ball scoring at each hole. Ultimately, at the end of the day, only the your points are like solo, so... Unfortunately, Will won, but You're it's darn okay. tootin'. I, <laughs> I came God. in. I came in second. Um, but the other nice. reason why I had so much fun was because they're like, okay, that um, Mike had figured out all of the way that the points and scoring would work and the handicaps and the handicaps in advance. So okay. you know, from the first tee is like, okay, Michelle gets three strokes on all of the holes except for the easiest seven. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, sweet. So three, so three strokes is a ton. So many times I'd be like, oh, <laughs> looks like I got on the green on zero. <laughs> and, the, um, you know, wow. you're like, I have a chance. You know, there'd be times where it's like, hey, Michelle has a chance for a, 
effective hole in one. And so that made mm-hmm. it way more fun. Um, yeah, like, for cool. example, on 18, I think um, I was up and we knew that. And I think Michelle and I were on the same team. We were on the same uh, team. As the right yeah, side I team. helped you win. And Michelle played the hole perfectly. Like, she hit a drive in the fairway. It wasn't a perfect drive. It was fine. Um, and then she hit um, to about probably 60 yards short of the green. And then she hit her third shot up onto the green, which meant that she was on the green in three, also known as on the green in a net zero. <laughs> so it was basically, yeah. and then she huh. two-putted. Um, so wow. she made a five for two. Um, mm-hmm. and handily won the hole. That's awesome. <laughs> so that made Sounds it... like a fun game, though. Yeah, it, it's super type. fun regardless, but yeah. it's definitely more fun if you have a handicap when you're playing against people who are definitely yeah. really good at golf. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, Is I there any strategy uh, on, like, aiming... For if sure. you're going last, like, which side, who you want to be teammates yep. with at that point? For yeah. sure, yeah. especially because, you know, for example, um, there was a hole where I went out of bounds on the right. So I'm technically on the right, but I'm also out of bounds. So, like, I'm not going to be a very good teammate. So uh, to a certain extent, I yeah. would imagine everybody who hits after me is sort of just trying to figure out how to not be on my team. <laughs> yeah, um, try to go as far left as you can. Exactly. And then on the other side of it is trying to, like, think about how um, – you're positioned against if you're trying to like win or, or get the most points at the end of the day, trying to be at odds with the person who's in the lead. Um, so you're not on the te- same team as the person who's in the lead is another way to think about it. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So on the last hole, Will went, did you go first? Yeah, I often. And he went right. Yep. And so mm-hmm. right away, Chris was like, I'm going left. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to help Will win. So yeah. I'm going left. And then when I got up there, I was like, well, I don't have that much control as other people, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to try and aim like wildly far left. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just be on yeah. Will's team. And then Chris and yep. Mike ended up pretty, pretty significantly left. Um, <laughs> and then Michelle, and then Michelle helped me win. <laughs> nice. Is there ever a situation where, um, I think you said Mike was the one who decided to hit away from Will's ball, where if he decided to try to get onto your team to sabotage your score? Or is that maybe that's not in the spirit of the game? I think it's not in the no. spirit of the game because you're always trying to help yourself out. Yeah, because um, you will always skip a point if you win. That's right. And, okay. and in I the see. end, yep. um, you know, even if you don't win, you might mm-hmm. still make money. So Michelle made a little money in second oh. place. Um, oh, nice. Not very much, but um, two fifty. It, yeah, it's all it's all about not <laughs> being in the bottom. That's that's the key. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that's a fun. Really cool. That's a good beginner tip. Uh, yeah. The way, like play that. games. Play games with people. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. heard on when we were on the golf course, I heard another good beginner tip, um, or really not a beginner tip, but more of a way of thinking and sort of a, a good phrase um, for playing through. So this credit mm-hmm. to Chris Crampton, um, who said this to me and to you um, mm-hmm. when we were on the 17th hole, I think. No. Doesn't no, matter. 7th hole. Um, and we basically, uh, we had a single behind us who mm-hmm. um, was moving pretty quick. He was a single in a cart, and we were a foursome walking. And yeah. um, we were playing a par three, and 
we were moving to let him play through us, obviously. And we were talking about, I can't remember exactly what prompted this conversation, but Chris was like, yeah, you know, the best way to think about par threes is that they're like the passing lanes. It's a lot easier to get people through on a par three uh, Uh. than anywhere else on the golf course. And so I thought that was a really cool way to phrase it and a good way to think about it for a beginner or a newbie or somebody who's not sure how to handle playing through. Um, But he's right because a par three is a lot quicker. Obviously, it's just a faster hole. Um, And one of the places Mm -hmm. where you spend the most time uh, as a group, especially as a foursome, is on the putting green. It's a lot um, of just everybody waiting for the other person to play. And so that Mm -hmm. takes up more time, much more time than a single would, obviously. And so in that case, um, you know, I think the par three as a passing lane tip is a really good one. Yeah, that's good to keep in mind. Never thought about that. So that is uh, a pretty good little set of beginner tips and, and yeah. tricks. And now on to the I, main subject of the show, unless you yeah, got something. I was just going to say, I mean, my uh, the topic for today kind of comes from a beginner question that I had while I was thinking, uh, you know, in between shows. Um, I was at the gym and I was like, I wonder what fitness for golf or like lifting for golf is like and how much it benefits you and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's a great topic. Um, yeah. And I think we'll have a lot of fun with it today. Yeah. So I guess like to start, I'm curious about what kind of fitness stuff you know about for golf, Will, and like if you've ever tried anything and if you've ever tried just, you know, lifting or cardio and how that's affected your game and all that. Yeah. I, um, so there's a probably a long answer and a short answer to this. The The short answer is... As you well know, I don't really like working out very much. Um, I do, yes. <laughs> and, and I've never liked it, right? All the way back to mm-hmm. our days in high school, I just... I thought maybe the incentive of getting better at golf would be <laughs> enough to drive you. So, like, maybe there was a point where you were like, I'll, you know, lift, you know, for a few months and see if it improves my drive or something. I, um, it has, I have not been able to make that step of it. I think the incentive okay. of being somewhat of a healthier person has, has pushed me into, that's also a bonus, uh, yeah. into orange theory, which we can talk more about orange theory later in terms of mm-hmm. its role in this. I would say though, there is a, a desire that I have around fitness, golf and golf as a, um, as an objective. I think one of the challenges that I run into is prioritizing time. I think in theory, if I had an unlimited amount of time, kind of like Tom Coyne in the book Paper Tiger, where I think we've talked about this on the show. And if we (laughs) haven't, we've probably talked about it in Scotland where, you know, he just quits life and goes and tries to become a pro golfer. Like, I think I would dedicate a significant amount of mental space to the fitness component. But because (laughs) right now I think the most gains I will get are from... (laughs) practicing and working on the golf swing and things like that i have sort of pushed the time that way now Hmm. the other big caveat of it all i think is back to that health point um i've had twice in the last you know call it four years i've thrown Mm -hmm. my back out um almost like two and a half almost three times i've done that yeah and Uh. That's one where I, um, and I've had like a pretty bad bout of sciatica for a bunch of months and like, Oh yeah, that's not nice. Those sort of like 
musculoskeletal issues are yeah. top of mind when I think about uh, mm-hmm. fitness and health related to golf because they keep you from golfing, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That actually kind of touches on one of the subjects I wanted to mention about um, kind of the reason behind why you might want to get into lifting if you're into golf. Um, and that would be golf is naturally kind of an asymmetric movement. Right. <laughs> you know, you're doing a swing that's not using equal muscles on each side. And so mm-hmm. you're, if you're, if that's your main form of exercise, then you might be forming imbalances and that can actually lead to stuff like back pain. Um, and doing a lifting program would help balance all that out. Um, it might actually help with the back pain. I think that's something um, my friend, a different Chris, Chris Bowman, once talked about. Because mm-hmm. I remember standing on a, um, a tee with him not that a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. he uh, he swung, obviously, and took his shot righty and then swung really hard lefty also. And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot about imbalance. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I think that's a totally fair thing because I bet you if you looked at my body it would be a pretty imbalanced uh, (laughs) body for this reason i mean it's common among like a lot of um like racket sports and stuff like tennis players and baseball players and stuff they all have these kind of weird imbalances where like their their racket hand is just completely jacked and the other hand's Mm -hmm. kind of regular looking um so yeah it is important health wise to to keep that even um do we think there's a, a way to to in, intentionally, or is it just always like if you're really going to be this dedicated to this thing, that is it always mm-hmm. going to be a part of your sort of body, or can you truly solve it, or is it just not quite possible because people are right-handed or left-handed or what have you? What do, What do you mean, like to solve I mean, the to, to truly of the balance sport? it out? Yeah, to even it even it out. Um. I mean, everyone's got some imbalance. Like, I've got imbalances, even though I don't play a sport. You know, yeah, obviously I play golf, but I don't. I haven't played a sport for long enough where I would have developed, like, a single side. Actually, that's not true. I guess rowing, I probably had a pretty big imbalance because oh, I was doing yeah, sweep. Oh, yeah, you must have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did switch sides halfway through, so that probably helped. <laughs> but I think, you know, everyone has some imbalances. But if you're, like, in your example, Will, I think because it is your main source of well i guess you do orange theory now but you know over time you've been doing this for so long so right. often um that i do think doing something like a lifting program which is going to be like a higher stimulus for your muscles uh will even everything out um and probably do some some help hmm. interesting so now yeah. i i think an uh, important topic in this area it's probably mm-hmm. around like the mobility flexibility piece, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So that was one thing that came up when I was thinking about this is where's the balance? You know, if you're going to. Right. Because everyone talks about how, or at least when I started golf, I was like, it seemed like the consensus generally from people I would talk to is the power comes from how flexible and mobile you are and not so right, much I was, strength. I was going to say, when you have sort of this choice between like mm-hmm. strengthening or increasing flexibility, you know, assuming you can't do everything, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying, you know, it's one of those places where it's like, what's an hour, is an hour of lifting better than an hour of yoga um, or right. or something like that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hard one to 
to say, but there, so during my, I was doing some research and I found there's actually a study uh, that was done, I think it was in the University of Lyon in Spain. Um, and they gave um, low handicap golfers an 18 week strength program. Cool. Um, which was aimed to increase their like explosive and, and maximal strength. Um, and so after both, I think it was six weeks and 12 weeks, uh, it improved their driving performance. Um, so it definitely helps. I think they didn't mention if they were stretching or not. I do wonder yeah. if, if you start lifting, you will get tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I imagine you might end up not helping yourself a ton if you just don't bother stretching, lift, get really tight. That increased power is probably going to get canceled out by the decreased mobility. So if you're going to lift, maybe spend a little bit of extra time as well at the end doing mobility work. Uh, so you don't just waste all of the gains that you otherwise would have made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i definitely think I, it's important i will say from a ultra beginner standpoint mm-hmm. some of the flexibility has to do just with your stance so one thing mm. i had to correct really early on in my swing was not standing with my feet so far apart mm-hmm. um, oh. because i was thinking of the athletic stance which generally in sports i've played is definitely more not hip width like wider than hip width right yeah and so that's that's where i'd start from if you stand with your feet that far apart you have less mobility it's very it's weird just try it if you stand with your feet farther apart and then you move them to be more like truly hip width um Mm -hmm. you'll be surprised how much easier it is to get that rotational aspect um even without interesting without stretching without changing anything um so mm-hmm. some of the some of the beginner dynamics of your swing has to do with your stance uh and not mm. just your your inherent like flexibility coming in okay that's good to know because I, I i've definitely have kind of the same idea of like the athletic stance and i think any of the videos you see of me doing a drive i've got like a <laughs> like a horse riding stance ready to go that's probably why my I boy's go off got, got some interesting footwork um <laughs> so work, michelle now that you've been like sort of teaching yourself how have you been teaching yourself out of this right what re, what yeah. where would you how would you learn how to fix that the, how are you learning how the to fix stance that? yeah the stance what is your sort of path to improvement there don't stand with your feet so far no i know but how did you that? know how did you know and then start oh, to take that's action? a good question yeah I think yeah. it was one thing was I think you just told me I think Will saw me yeah. swing and he's like what uh, are you doing yeah the other thing was I definitely get some Instagram reels pushed on like golf swing suggestions cool and I saw <laughs> one example where a guy just showed like here's my rotation mm-hmm. with my feet farther apart here's my rotation with my feet closer together and I'm like oh yep. hey that makes yeah, that's sense nice like look at that look at those mechanics um mm-hmm. So that just really helped me out. The other thing that standing with my feet closer together helped with my irons, actually, um, because it sort of limits your, like, potential up and down miss, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, your vertical miss on the ball, if your feet are closer <laughs> together, more consistently, just it's tighter versus if your feet are farther apart and you kind of vary how far apart your feet are your potential vertical miss i've i found for me um early (laughs) on working in my swing 
it led to too much variation. Nice. The part that confuses me about the verticalness is I, I've been told my legs are uh, too straight, <laughs> and then to and to bend your knee, but then if the more you bend your knee, obviously though, you're going to be changing your vertical on the swing, and that that yeah. confuses me a little bit because I'm like mixing up how I'm like oh how how far should I be bent over like how how much should I be bending my knees and that well that I, also I brings in like how head. much hip hinge do you I have? struggle with oh, the oh, not man. enough hip yeah. hinge sometimes. Hmm. Um, which is a whole other yeah i don't have a solution for that yeah. <laughs> anyways I, th- I think we're getting away from uh we are we're digressing, the, the we're digressing. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go let's ground ourselves back matt why don't you tell everybody yeah. about what your history with like working yeah, out sure. physical activity like that i think will be helpful because then i want to get into like yeah. your your how that makes you think about golf and how you're thinking about your own yeah. journey in golf yeah sure so I've been playing various sports like basically my whole life, but um, I guess in high school, I started trying to supplement whatever sport I was doing with like lifting and conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing that on and off um, basically since high school. So I started with rowing, um, and then for a while I was trying to supplement um, jujitsu, um, and then more recently I've been trying to supplement my trail running. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's important. Um, I've stayed almost entirely injury free um, from those three sports, which all have quite high injury rates. So I, I don't know if it's helping, but I assume that's it kind of crazy. Be. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, I've only had one IT band issue when I was running. It's because I ramped up the miles too quick. Um, yeah, but besides that, almost entirely injury free, which is nice. Uh, and so, so, what you know, is the? I, I, how much has the workout regimen kind of evolved over the years? Uh, quite a bit. So high school was more like, um, ended up being the, you know, whatever the coach was recommending and it was, sure. uh, kind of like bro lifting almost. Um, uh, and except for that one time, that one winter sporadic. with our, with our guy. Oh yes. So the winter club, that was actually really good. That um, was really good. that was, that was less, I'd say strength based and more like conditioning. Uh, I agree with that. So it started with that, and then I'd say in more recent years, I've focused more on the strength aspect, and I've kind of gone into the powerlifting style um, lifts, which sounds intimidating, but I would say is a great place for most people to start and a great place for beginners because you're learning um, these compound lifts, which are really good for using uh, lots of muscles simultaneously. So it's good for like coordination as well as like full body um, workouts. So, so when you say like, that, you're talking, yeah, I was going to say, you're talking like like bench, squat, things like that? Exactly, yeah. Bench, squat, um, deadlifts, overhead presses, anything with like the, the big barbell. So like the, you know, the yeah. one that gets quite wide. I um, hate things overhead. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. I don't know why. What, what do you like about it? I don't know. I think I have a weak upper body. Um, yeah. But I actually, I, I I probably have a week of everybody. Um, <laughs> versus maybe like maybe it's just because it's not as uh, it's not it doesn't feel quite as natural to me as uh, mm-hmm. as like a deadlift. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely takes some getting used to. I recently started taking Stephanie to the gym to learn some of the lifts, and I oh, think the cool. overhead one is the hardest, like coordination wise for her, because um, you have to like stay balanced with a heavy weight above your head, which can mm-hmm. get weird as you get tired. 
Um, Definitely. Yeah. And I feel but, like uh, more injury risk. Like I, <laughs> I feel better about doing a deadlift than overhead weight exercises. Yes. Yeah, I think with practice, it's not a big risk, but it sure. definitely, as a beginner, it does feel a little more risky. Um, I used to set the, there were safeties in the special squat racks when I first started with the overhead press, and I'd set oh, them sure. like chest chest height so that if I fell over or whatever with 100 pounds over my head, I wouldn't die. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But uh, don't let that dissuade you. There's plenty of safe ways to do this. All right, so back uh, in the high school days, it was a little bit less, yeah. less coordinated. Then you moved into more, you know, a little bit of yeah, more, more pure strength routine. stuff. Yeah, yeah try to be more consistent. Although, you know, my schedule hasn't always been helpful for that. So, what is it these uh, days? Like, uh, you know, what's your routine this? These week? days, well, I've I've kind of gone back because I've I haven't been doing jujitsu basically since COVID, um, and I stopped running for a while um so i've been basically lifting as my main like physical activity i guess so i've I've been going like six days a week um six days a week yes so i I like basically do uh it's called push pull legs which if you're listening and you have some uh familiarity with like lifting you've probably heard of this it essentially breaks up your your muscle groups so you have a push day so that's like bench press overhead press um, triceps, anything that's pushing an object away from your body. Right. Um, and then pull day is like deadlifts, pull-ups, um, bicep curls, you know, anything that's pulling things towards your body. And then the last, the third day is going to be legs. So that's squats, um, hamstring curls, stuff like that. Uh, and then you just repeat that, those, those three workouts. And how long are you usually at the gym for? Like how long? Like each one is about 45 minutes. Um, I would say this is, this is overkill for most people. I, this is not something I would do is, you know, I'm in between jobs, so I've got lots of time. I'm doing this for fun. I would say if I was really into golf right now and I was lifting purely to supplement the golf. I was going to say, I think, uh, I think mm -hmm. that's what is going to happen now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just golf, or just like life in general, because people are busy. You know, you don't want to be in the gym six days a week if you're not really into lifting. Right. Um, I'd recommend going like two to three times a week uh, sure. and doing a full body workout, which instead of splitting it up, you essentially are doing um, a couple of those major lifts each time you go um, and stressing like as many muscle groups as you can, recovering for a day or two, and then going, going back and doing it again. Um, and you'll probably get the most bang for your buck. So, you, you know, you could be in the gym three hours a week probably um which isn't a ton of time if you look at your you know weekly <laughs> time uh and you'd probably see a, a big benefit from that nice so yeah are you would you be willing to try a, a program i i'm i might be willing to try a program i think um i do have a a gym at my office that has become Mm-hmm. uh available to all employees and um i think i'm the thing that i'm you know interested in and i'm sort of curious for you especially now that you're mm-hmm. like your sport is golf that you might be sort of supplementing um yeah. is kind of kind of what you know what would be the right 
regimen what would be the right frequency amount of time like because mm-hmm. i because right now i'm doing orange theory right and orange theory is yep. um it's good because it's like we do it michelle and i do it 6 45 on mondays it's an hour yeah. we mm-hmm. it's you know and 50 minutes of it really is the the workout mm-hmm. and um it's intense and i would say mm-hmm. Um, it pushes me more than I would push myself, especially from a cardio perspective. Yeah, I would say for everything. You'd say for everything. Yeah, because there are, times, there are times where you're on the weight floor, the coach will come up to you and just be like, Michelle, and then give you a heavier weight. So It's true. I, I feel like um, you're right, though. Be, maybe on the weight floor, I'd be more willing to do the exercises if you just gave me a sheet on my own, but definitely on the cardio side. I would give up so how... boredom um, if I was doing it by <laughs> myself. Yeah, cardio can be like that. But yeah. so, how's the how are the classes divided? Uh, so strength versus cardio wise. It's really a third, a third, a third. I, or well, well it depends. So they have or, two. Yeah. They have two class setups. That's true. Um, one class setup is half cardio, half floor. The other class setup and is inclusive like in that two thirds cardio, one third. Yeah floor that's true because i think the okay. challenge right is like you know how do you think about like rowing in in the scheme mm-hmm. of cardio versus strength like obviously it's mostly cardio yeah. but you are strengthening your cardio, legs while but... you do it i'd say but yes yeah you know it's more so it's than more like the track yeah like you're not really is like pure cardio yeah um, i guess the difference would be you're probably not increasing your maximal power by doing that's true rowing much um so, like, if you're looking to increase your drive range and, you're like, your long game, you probably want to start doing heavy lifts rather than... I feel like the Orange Theory is probably having you do um, more endurance-type strength training where you're doing lots of reps with, with lower mm-hmm. weights, probably. Um, like, do you know what the rep range is normally that you're... It's almost always 10. Or... It, no, it 10. varies. Okay. Well, it's not like, bad. You know, sometimes they'll 12. do... six. Yeah, I'd say 6 to 12 is the real range. Oh, okay. Oh, that's it's that's like actually pretty good. Yeah. Sometimes it, they'll they'll have you do like six, then eight, <laughs> then ten. You know. It, but very rarely <laughs> is it like um, as heavy as possible, like yeah. to and, fatigue. Right, and, and it's also like right after probably doing some cardio. So definitely, uh, yeah. That's you know if when you're lifting specifically for for strength and power, you're not doing like half an hour of intense cardio before you go and lift because your strength <laughs> yeah. is going to be impacted a lot um so what do you, you tend yeah, to so what do you think like what is the move like what's the what's the play for guys like so, us who are trying to maximize our golf outcomes i would say um looked at a program i really liked uh this program called starting strength or strong lifts which is where a lot of people start with this kind of stuff um, and it just helps you get through the basic movements and helps you understand progressive overload, which is a fancy way of saying like adding weight to the bar each time you go. Yeah. Um, and from there, once you get like those movements down, you can start adding in additional um, target work. So you know, you'd go in, you'd do your squats and your deadlifts, let's say, and then um, do a couple of isolated exercises, maybe golf specific ones. Like I imagine a something like a oblique twist or something would probably be pretty good um mm. actually that's that's a good point during my research I, I was curious what the golf swing 
actually used because when I'm playing golf, I it feels like you're using your whole body, and there's no specific muscle um, that I can identify. You know, when I'm swinging a golf club, uh, I'd be interested sure. to see what do you do you know or what would you guess? I, uh, I I don't know. I have a feeling a lot of it is like is purely core. And that was going to uh, be my first guess. Yeah, like a lot of core, yeah. big time. Yeah. Um, but I do think so. you, like your lower half matters a lot too, though. Like I think yeah. your base is where a lot of your, if you're using it correctly in your swing, yep. can be where a lot of your power comes from. Because you see these like these beefy dudes like that are top heavy, mm-hmm. and then they just try to swing all arms, and it actually doesn't really work for them. Right. And yep, that's exactly um, right. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, yeah, your, your lower half can be, you know, all the more important uh, in that. And when you look at like the PGA Tour and you look across these guys, there are some really big, like strong guys. They're also like kind of skinny guys who can really like move the ball. And that's a lot yeah. of that is efficiency of their golf swing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so in that sense, like, I don't know necessarily which muscles are the answer, but it is the ones that allow you to be that yeah. efficient. So your your guess is almost exactly what I found when I was hmm. doing some research. Uh, I found this cool paper that analyzed, um, I can't remember exactly how they measured um, the amount of force each muscle was generating, but they found a way to measure muscles cool. and how much force they're generating during each part of the swing so they measured like the back swing forward swing um bottom of the swing like just before you hit the the ball um and then the follow-through as well huh. and the number one muscle which was um almost so so I'm, maybe i'm reading the uh the data wrong but there was you know the the glutes were almost used it says 100 <laughs> percent so interesting your glutes are like the number one muscle that are being recruited apparently all about um, them cheeks mm-hmm. on your upper body uh your pecs are actually so your chest muscles are being recruited pretty heavily that makes sense um, oh, yeah interesting yep and then obviously it's going to be depending if you're a righty or lefty uh there was a lot of imbalance yeah. <laughs> on um what muscles are being used during the swing um but there's stuff like um your traps so you're kind of the big muscles on your back, like the little muscles that come up behind people's necks that make yeah. make you look like a cobra a little bit. That's your traps. <laughs> yeah. uh, linebacker muscles. Yeah. There's a lot of quad, a lot of little muscles in the leg, um, hamstrings. Um, it was, yeah. It's pretty full I, body, but like it's it was surprising how much of it was lower body to me. Yeah, it's funny you say hamstrings because I think, I think the hamstring is like the center of my physical universe in part um because i think i'm not a very flexible person and Mm. the hamstring is one of those places where i feel my inflexibility really um prominently and Mm -hmm. like going honestly going back to high school junior year when i took like that yoga class in the winter that was the last time i could like touch my toes right and um i think they play a big role in my stiffness heading out into the golf course and mm-hmm. in the uh, the back pain that i sometimes experience yeah. mm-hmm. um you know i think there's a that might be the center of my maze uh is the <laughs> yeah. hamstring i think that's pretty common mine, mine are kind of like that too 
I'm still surprised to hear how much lower body. I mean, I like I knew <laughs> that, and Matt, you had said even before too, like this, to get my swing stronger, I need to use my lower body strength. Um, <laughs> but when I watched the Netflix documentary Full Swing that showed the <laughs> pro golfers. <laughs> They showed them working out, and I was honestly surprised. I'm like, oh, wow, it didn't occur to me that, like, duh, obviously the pro golfers, <laughs> yeah. like, go to the gym and have personal yeah. trainers and are doing strength training. Uh, but yep. they pretty much showed them doing mostly core exercises and upper yeah. body. Oh, so the that was the other thing. I, I I didn't mention this, but the other big muscle group is core, specifically your obliques, which mm-hmm. is, like, your rotational muscles. So the core and makes I did, sense. The upper I, body, I did I see know. a lot of, there was a lot of like holding up, you know, sitting down, holding a plate and rotating from side to side. I think they all yeah. did that, which makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah. I think yeah. it's, so um, trying to remember. it's so I think in the, in the sense of like what we ought to be working on, that's all probably in the cards for us as we try to think about ways to, strengthen our own game and strengthen our own bodies to support that um mm-hmm. is to focus on those areas i think did you find any data about flexibility like separate from strength you know i didn't specifically look for that i got a little caught up looking into st- strength specifically mm-hmm. for golf um, a big gym heart but that would actually <laughs> we we should do another episode on that <laughs> we probably should do an episode of flexibility and just the value of stretching yeah. i don't stretch nearly enough and you know, it's it's easy. It's easier, honestly, than going to the gym because you can do it on your bedroom floor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's something we probably ought to visit. But so what's uh you know as we sort of wind down, what's your your main takeaway? What's the main thing you're going to think about from uh you know intersection of of lifting, fitness, and and golf? Um, I would say for for me, um, I probably will just keep doing what I'm doing and, um, continue lifting three to five times a week, maybe two, if I get really busy, um, and keeping it, uh, consistent with the compound movements as my main lifts. And I'd also recommend anybody, including you guys, uh, getting into doing like strong lifts or something, which is a program getting you introduced into those compound lifts, not only for, I think you'll see improvement in golf, but also long-term health it's going to be really good as well so it's probably something you could consider starting up michelle what do you think i think i'm good with what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) orange theory is great too i you know it's not going to be that different um especially if you need external motivation yeah i I go to orange theory twice a week it's full body it is not Mm -hmm. perfect Um, yeah you don't need to think too much people tell you what to do when you get there I love that. Just yeah. show up, but for, no planning. I'm here. Tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> if, sure. if you're like me and you like to customize it and uh, get it involved in the planning and stuff, highly recommend looking into the programs. The other program, if you're if you've been lifting for a while and you want to get into a slightly more advanced lifting program, five three one by Jim Wendler, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I recommend looking that up, buying one of his books or something. Nice. I love it. Um, anything else we should cover in this topic area? Uh, I guess, actually, I I got a question for you. (laughs) So I, you know, I don't know much about the PGA and like professional golfers. What, what is generally, is there a trend 
recently in in the yeah like, i guess body type like are people trending more athletic it's a uh, it's a good golf's question or? i would say the trend is definitely towards more athletic and so okay. if you look at like historical pga tour videos from the you know 60s 70s 80s and even the 90s um mm-hmm. you're looking at a lot of you know guys who you might run into in um you know any other profession right they look like accountants yeah. and lawyers and doctors and whatever um they just look mm-hmm. like guys and um you know some of them in some extreme cases look like john daly who is not a particularly <laughs> yes. uh, not a particularly fit guy um, that's who I was thinking about. But who obviously yeah. can like move the ball and hit the ball a mile. Um, and who, yeah. you know, frankly, when you look at his golf swing, is quite flexible, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty uncommon for a guy who looks like him. So I would yeah. say, though, from in that era, the vast majority of, of golfers just look like regular guys. Tiger mm-hmm. comes along, and mm-hmm. Tiger has the combination of being young. Um, he's kind of a skinny teenager when you look back at the old videos from the nineties. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, pretty fit and also having like a kind of amazing, almost perfect golf swing. Um, and he just started to hit the ball a mile. And then he also, uh, became, you know, kind of the fitness guy on the tour, right? Like he's wearing Nike (laughs) stuff. Um, he, he's sort of pushing that envelope. And yep. you start to see golf evolve and follow that um, yeah. on, on the PGA Tour. <laughs> and I would say the trend since then has been towards really what you would just call like an athlete, right? Like yeah. not necessarily like bulky or or like super strong or anything yeah, like but, that. but athletic. Yeah, guys who you yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, looking – you know, some of them look like basketball players, right? Some of them look like they might yeah. play other sports. Um, yeah. Versus like the golfers of yesteryear, like don't even look like they belong as a professional athlete. Um, right. Let alone a professional athlete at the top of their game. Um, yeah. And I honestly think a big part of that is just with Tiger joining, you know, the PGA Tour, becoming the face of golf, and then eventually kind of the face of sports in the 2000s, he just made golf more cool he made golf cooler yeah right and yeah for that sure. meant more people were playing golf which meant more mm-hmm. kids were playing golf which then mm-hmm. fed this whole thing of you know guys who might have otherwise gone and played other sports or had other interests found golf and that brings um that brings with it uh the body type and then the work and then right also what came was the money you know they started to earn a lot more money on the pga tour which means uh, they had time and money to spend on their bodies. Yes. Yep. And it became more lucrative you, to be yeah, better. It at becomes golf. your pro- literally your profession where you're just Exactly. Hurting. Like guys yeah. in the guys in like the eighties, you know, you go and old read these old things or look at these old things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were making a good living, but there were certainly plenty of like regular professional people making a better living. Mm-hmm. Nowadays professional golfers are making millions and millions of dollars, sometimes millions and millions a a year. Um, so in that sense, right, they, they get to sort of treat everything like a, um, Mm -hmm. like that, like they're a business, right. And that means they've got a chef, a trainer and all the resources associated. Yeah. So I guess to, to sum it up in a way, I I feel like 
the form and flexibility is maybe plays a more important role but uh if you're going to be serious about golf adding in lifting can only help and like being athletic can only help i think that's exactly would you right agree with that yeah no i yeah, totally that's a agree good summary. i think it's a great yeah. summary and i think what's really true about that is um is probably true across any sport right is yeah, if exactly. you're looking to maximize this is a key component mm -hmm. as well as prevent injury as well as prevent let's injury. not forget about and for us, exactly, honestly, yeah. for us recreational golfers, that might be like the number one thing because mm -hmm. I want no reason to not play golf, right? Like yeah. if I'm injured, I can't play. And if right. I can't play, I'm mm -hmm. not getting better. I'm not having fun. I'm not doing the thing that I love. And yep, it's a great point. Um, also like injuries make going to work worse. They make, you know, being a person worse. So All of it. <laughs> back pain sucks is the moral <laughs> yes, of that it, story. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, what are you uh, what are you drinking? What candles lit in your house this evening? Oh God, not the candle. <laughs> um, so I'll start with the candle. Uh, we're we're talking about candles because we both lit candles uh, pre-recording, um, and whatever I you one say, that man. smells like the woods. Okay, <laughs> it smells great. Fir, spruce, and cedar. Michelle knows how much I um, love a candle that smells like the woods. It's mm -hmm. really it's a, an important thing for me to have around the house. Especially in the winter when you're kind of trapped in the house all day. Yeah. yeah little smell true. the woods. And when I'm missing um, Maine, that's an important yes, part of it for me. Or mm -hmm. missing your live Christmas tree. Or that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then as far as my drink is a little special tonight, I uh, recently got into the hobby of uh, brewing beer with a friend. And so <laughs> I'm drinking our first brew, which is an IPA. Uh, and it actually turned what? out drinkable which was amazing i did not expect to enjoy the beer, first beer that we made together that's great that's exciting <laughs> so, i love that for you yeah yeah it's, it's pretty good it's very hoppy um quite a dark ipa uh and quite strong actually <laughs> uh but it's it's good yeah what do you uh so what, what candle do you have lit michelle what, what candle we have lit here this is one of yours it says um, sand and, sand fog? and fog it's a it's... pumpkin candle basically Oh, it's not that's... that pumpkin-y, though. No, it's pumpkin-y. Subtle. It's a nice... You don't want uh... too much pumpkin. I agree with that. It's like a, a, the other a pumpkin delicate candle we pumpkin have spice. Too pumpkin oh, it's mm. literally the type of candle is pumpkin spice. There you go. <laughs> it's nice. And I'm drinking a little nip of uh, Old Forester 100 proof. Just a, mm. you know, simple little bottled and bond bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Which nice. color? Oh, I don't remember the color. It's one of the more basic ones. The... It's their basic one. Oh, okay. Um, I use it in okay. a lot of cocktails. Um, mm. But yeah, so that's what's going on in our neck of the woods. Um, more to come over the next few weeks. We're trying to get a guest on. We're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about... It's sort of New Year's resolution season coming soon, but also uh, end of year recap season. So I think um, I would love to spend an episode sometime in the next few weeks here before before 2024 sprints through the door like the kool-aid man um <laughs> yep. we uh we got to talk about kind of recapping our 2023 mm -hmm. of this show golf life whatever we want to do um yeah and then into 2024 where we're gonna have a ton of fun i we've got we've got new year's goals resolutions we've got matt's first experience watching the pga tour we got oh yeah you know, all kinds of great stuff coming uh 
once we head into next calendar year. But And as always, DM us your questions. Please. Part Beginner talk questions, gift-giving questions. We're here to mm-hmm. help. Yeah. If you want to get into, like, making reels for us, let us know. <laughs> I, I sort of yeah, like it. I, I'm happy to mm-hmm. outsource some of that love. Um, <laughs> and uh, as always, when in doubt, just play fast. Thanks for listening. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye.